Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everybody. Welcome back again to the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, Ohio State training camp. Open viewing period number four, practice number eight for the Buckeyes. This is the practice report. It's brought to you by Byers Auto. And that's Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham, and I am Austin Ward. The linebackers uh, took their turn chatting with us on, uh, what's today, Thursday morning. Uh, They're all running together during training camp. You can imagine what it's like for these Buckeyes going day after day, getting ready for the opener on September 2nd. So a lot to get to with those linebackers. We'll dive in. I think everybody will probably be most curious, Berm, about the guys who are working out on the side or were not active while we were in there. We don't know the extent of any injuries or absences or what may have caused that. Ohio State doesn't uh, disclose many uh, details when it comes to that situation, but the fact that Garrett Wilson was working out on the side during, again, just those early periods that Tyreek Smith, Jerron Cage, and starting left tackle or left guard there Munford that were not active participants at that time I think that's probably what everybody wants to know about first but there aren't many answers we can provide at this point yeah and if we learned anything from last season it's that there are a myriad reasons why people <laughs> may not be around and so you don't want to leap to any horrible conclusions or, or leap to any injury assumptions anything like that give it a few days Buckeyes had their first full scrimmage on Wednesday there's a chance that it could just be guys getting a little sore after because they haven't been allowed to hit yet you yeah. know there's a lot of things that could be going on we're not going to speculate on it, but it certainly brings into question or brings to light what we talked about all day on Tuesday, and it's the depth of the offensive line. The Buckeyes have guys they can rotate around. Wide receiver, you got guys you can rotate around if Garrett Wilson has to miss a snap or two. Um, you know, for to me, today is about linebackers, so I want to stick there, and I think that that <laughs> is the biggest single question mark on the entire Ohio State roster. So I don't want to deviate too far from that, but that, that's all I that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, all you, and all you can find out really is who else might be in line. You know, you assume at some point uh, we haven't been told that anything serious was going on. Certainly Garrett Wilson was active on the side here down to my left in that pit where the guys are working out, Spencer. But, you know, Ameka Egbuka, another one-handed catch and running around making plays. Matthew Jones, we've seen if he had to go in at guard that he got a couple champion grades off the bench. So that's that's really what you can take away from it is who might be next in line. Yeah, I talked to Berm a little bit after we were able to watch a little bit of practice and Emeka Ibuka came in, I think he was a little more raw than Marvin Harrison Jr. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. with a senior season played in high school, Emeka didn't get a play. Marvin looked a little bit ahead of Emeka. I think they're at the same level now. I think after a summer of getting to to work with these quarterbacks and kind of understand what it's like to be in the program and in the weight room with Coach Mick, I think Emeka Ibuka is, is primed to make a massive leap in this offense. And I think when you have two guys, we talk about depth, you have two guys in the slot like Jackson Smith and Jigba and Emeka Ibuka, this could be, could take an entire new level to that offense and what it could do. And then you talk about offensive line. The depth of that offense, I know we're going to get to linebackers and defense, but the depth of that offense, it's not just talented. It's two, three guys deep, and you're not really worried about what happens there. Yeah, that's, that's what stands out about this group. I mean, this Ohio State football team, especially on the offensive side, 10 deep at, at the offensive line core, wherever you want to stick these guys, although I think centers are kind of narrowed down. But the <laughs> bottom line is wide receiver. There are guys chipping at the bit to get in there and show what they're all about. And Mika Buka, when I, when I brought up uh, 
you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. the other day to uh, Ryan Day, he spoke emphatically also about Amike Ibuka. Don't don't sell that guy short. Uh, and so, yeah, the depth just jumps out at you on a day like today when other guy when guys aren't available. You know, the Thayer Munford thing. You know, be interesting to see how concerning that is. But we all know Matt Jones, uh, Josh Fryer. There are guys who are ready to play and want to play, and uh, it's going to be interesting as this camp goes on to see what happens. I don't know how much we're going to talk about Emeka Abuka, so I want to just chime in. There's people that I trust very, uh, you know, fully on the recruiting side of, of life. That said, he's the best wide receiver prospect to come out of the West Coast, the West side of the America in the last decade, and that's pretty high praise. And I don't think that we should be surprised by anything we see out here. He is a Julian Fleming type physical guy, but a Jackson Smith and Jigba type, you know, technician. And yeah. that combination is a very dangerous thing. And as he gets confident and starts to really see the rewards that come from Mick Marotti's weight room, I mean, you're going to see that just take off. And again, there's only one football, so that <laughs> that development's going to be slow, but it, it is happening. Go back and watch the spring game. I mean, you know. Yeah, he had what 86 yeah. catches in that game. Yeah, he on? he and Marvin Harrison putting on a little bit of a show yes. out there. So, uh, Ohio State going to be still pretty good at wide receiver no matter what happens. Doesn't did not look at all like it was anything serious for Garrett Wilson. But thought we should lead off today's practice report brought to you by Byers Auto with that because I'm sure that's what people are most interested to hear about. Uh, and again, this happens a lot. I'm I'm just going to say it we, again. We don't know the extent of any of this, but to go through a week and practice every single day. This is not uncommon for guys to sometimes get a little bit of a breather. Uh, we'll see. I'm not going to speculate anymore on that. We're going to talk about linebackers where we got information. I want to just throw one final touch on that. We were talking about Thayer Munford, Tyreek Smith, Jaron Cage. These are guys that have had injury histories here, and it's just as likely that they were just given a, a light day as it was anything else. So I don't want to dive too far down that rabbit hole. That's all. Yeah. All right. We covered that. Yeah. We checked it off the list. Al Washington. Uh, he has the most fascinating, as you said, I don't know, question mark may be the best way to put it, Berm, you said that. It's certainly the, the, the part where you have the least amount of experience in terms of starting, game started under your belt. Dallas Gant gets one at Michigan State last year, and that's pretty much it. He missed all of spring with the foot injury. Uh, Taraja Mitchell, nagging injuries, ha hasn't been able to make that kind of impact I think that uh, all four of us probably expected uh, or to this point in his career. Those two are at the front of the line when we watch them during the open periods, but Cody Simon has been in that mix. Uh, you, you've <coughs> got to have him be a factor in there, I think. We're still trying to wait and find out what Pallier Neoteote might do if he gets clearance. That hasn't happened yet. Steel Chambers has made that transition. So it's, it's not just a question mark, but there are individual questions that are pretty interesting as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of just endemic of this whole problem Ohio State had all spring. In the secondary, you have your, your returning guys or seven banks camp around. They both get hurt. You're in linebacker, you have your, your veterans or Dallas Gantt or Roger Mitchell, and they're hurt. I mean, so you just don't really have answers that we normally would start to be getting by now. And I think that that just makes that question mark feel larger. I, I'm constantly watching Tommy Eichenberg out here. I think that he's just going to be a madman at some point. And <laughs> I, you know, we got a chance to talk to him for the first time, and you can just tell. I mean, people go watch the video on YouTube. This is not a kid that wants to talk to the media. He wants to hit people. Uh, he, he did he's not a, enjoy it. He's a tough Borland guy in that regard. He wants to hit people, and he's a big physical kid. And, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of Cody Simon. I think that the Buckeyes have something really special with him. And then you just figure out exactly how the rest of these guys rotate around. And, and Dallas Gant and Taraji Mitchell have to be the center. 
I wonder if Tommy Eichenberg, he's spent a lot of time watching Tough Borland on film, if he also watched his press conferences and, and thought that would be a good way to do it. Tommy, please, watch Cody Simon. Watch Roger Mitchell. Let's have some, let's have some fun out there. Yeah. Well, Berm said there's a lot of questions at linebacker, and I think the one answer Ohio State has set in stone at linebacker for me is Cody Simon. I, I think he is a guy who has all Big Ten potential, has all-American potential down the road. I don't know if it'll quite happen for him and at the all-American level. He's going to be the president level. of the United States one day. <laughs> I don't know if it'll happen at an all-American level never. his first year, but I know here in the next couple of years he's a name to watch. He is the kind of guy that can change a defense at linebacker. He's, he's quick enough to run sideline to sideline. He can stuff the run. He can, he can defend tight ends or, or defend in space if he needs to. I think he is due for an absolute massive season, and I think it all – kind of showed today when we talked to him, he, he's just a different guy, a different player. He can jump tall blockers with a single bound. <laughs> I was just following up on your Superman reference there. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I was, like I was asking Al Washington, you know, the last couple of years, it's been an interesting exercise here. You've heard me talk about on this even uh, the, the last couple of uh, weeks, how they have these guys who've been in the program for a while, mm-hmm. who now it's their turn to rise. And most of the time they rise, I mean, the linebacker core is, I'm going to write about this, the linebacker core is interesting because you've seen that now for a couple of three years, guys waiting their turn and then taking full advantage of it. We'll see whether uh, to Roger Mitchell, Kayvon Pope, Dallas Gantt can do that. But these guys like uh, Cody Simon, I mean, he, he's just an impressive dude. I mean, and he, I don't know how you make those calls. I mean, because there may be a guy who's, who's, who's paid his dues, who's pretty damn good, you put him in there, but there may be a guy like he's talking about who can, like I said, jump tall blockers with a single bound, who maybe it's his turn. I think these are big decisions they're going to be making, and maybe not immediately going into this season about who are those three guys. Well, that's an interesting dynamic with this Ohio State linebacker unit is that there, there wasn't a lot of waiting your turn and getting that payoff when Tough Borland is in the lineup as a starter for three years, when yeah. Pete Warner is a three-year starter. Baron Browning, you know, I'm looking maybe, more at Baron Brown yeah, maybe, than Hilliard. Yeah, maybe, you know, yeah. with, with Hilliard, it's injuries and certainly the, the willingness to stick that out. And Brown, you know, he was on the field. He dealt with injuries. But, like, all those guys were out there for so long. And you go before that, it's like, you know, Jerome Baker being out there. It's like, these guys, they haven't had this situation in a long time, in my opinion. It's, I think it's very different where these three, Kayvon Pope, you know, at him in that mix we were talking about. Well, with we have Dan those Mitchell. veterans at the top. I mean, you know. It's hard for Taraja Mitchell Absolutely. to step up yeah. the last couple of years and show what he's all about. Because like he talked about, about dealing with performance anxiety here, you know, I mean, there, there are a lot of pressures on these guys from all kinds of ways, but now the pressure is, hey, it's your shot. You know, take yeah. advantage of it. Yeah. The last time we saw this sort of wholesale changes in the position group at linebacker was 2018, and that was the worst Ohio State defense in the history of Ohio State defenses. So you, you certainly <laughs> hope that – There was a lot involved there, though. Because, <laughs> because these guys now are all – seniors as opposed to the sophomore class that that Pete Warner and Tuff Borland and those guys were then you hope that they're a little bit more ready to go and step into that role but you know you're going to ask you're, that's going to be watched man especially when you come out of the gate with Minnesota they're going to pound that football and that those guys are going to have to make chop wood I, I think that's the key is to put together these the two things that that you guys are both talking about is that that was an inexperienced group but Pete Warner and Tuff Borland were having to do this for the first time on the fly and I don't think that they were all put in great position by that defensive coaching staff. This group now here, they've been around. No, they don't have a bunch of starting experience. They don't have a bunch of meaningful reps. And Taraja didn't get to play all that much last year, injuries and all that other stuff. But yeah. but they've been in the program for three years. They've been learning from Al Washington for 
you know, two plus years, they've, you know, you put these together, the situations are different. You hope that maybe for Ohio State's sake, that's going to work out better. And I think one of the big things that you just mentioned in passing there is Al Washington's in his third year. These guys know what Al Washington expects. They know what he wants. They know exactly how he's going to coach them. Whereas when you talk about 2018, it's much different where you have new guys coming in and experienced guys with coaches that they, they weren't as familiar with. I think these guys under Al Washington, they know exactly what he expects. And that makes a lot of difference in a defense. And you get a second year with Kerry Combs. You get a second year or, you know, however long with Matt Barnes. And, yeah. and all of this continuity is starting to show, which is why it's a question a linebacker. But is it really a question? Because there's so much talent there. There's so many different guys you're going to find the right combination. It might take a couple maybe drives or quarters at Minnesota, which you really don't want. At the same time, it's going to get sorted out, and it's going to be a talented unit that probably leads the Big Ten again. Yeah, and even that, I mean, like today we're talking with Dallas Gann. He's he basically gave enough hints that he's not 100% yet, yeah. you know, and uh, thinks he will be 100% by the time the season starts. But, I mean, wow, that clock is ticking too. I mean, I'm, I'm just curious what three they put on the field, how long those guys three stay on there, and what another three – they stick out there because Tommy Eichenberg, every time you talk to any coaches, his name comes up. His name comes up. Mickey yeah. Marotti's name comes up. So, you know, there's a big push coming. And I think that, look, there's a pretty good chance that this base defense is only going to involve two of them. And yeah. Al Washington kind of uh, danced around that because, you know, you don't want to give away too much with the scheme. And obviously, depending on who you play, Minnesota, maybe that's a team where you, you do line up with three linebackers. I don't know. But, uh, it seems like this team is trending more towards using that bullet, whether that would be Craig Young or Ronnie Hickman or Court Williams or some, you know, anything else they can cook up. I mean, I think that's where it's going to go. And then you'll start seeing the, the, a rotation with Gant, Mitchell. I think Cody Simon is in there. We'll see if Tommy Eichenberg can make that push. And then if they can get clearance uh, at some point this month for Neoteote, then all right, well, then you're dealing with four or five guys to rotate in those inside spots. And, but I, I, I don't think you're going to see three all that often personally. Either. No, I agree. And, and it goes to what Kerry Combs said last week. Like, they want as many guys rotating in as possible. On a day like today, when we walk out here and see a handful of guys that we're expecting to see aren't here, yeah. welcome to the new era. Like, we just don't know. Any given week, people can be gone for any number of reasons. And you just, you got to have five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys to rotate in. And the Buckeyes are slowly working them all into the mix. And plus, in modern, modern college football, just like the NFL, but more college football. You're really talking about a 14 or 15 man starting lineup mm -hmm. in terms of guys they can use, uh, matchups, situations, things you're trying to create defensively. And I think Kerry Combs, you know, I don't judge anything. I, like I keep saying, I don't judge anything on last season. I didn't take last season as a referendum of anything except that Ohio, Ohio State, Alabama, I have the two best programs in the country, yeah. in my opinion, with Clemson right there, and they proved it again, you know. Yeah. But, uh, I'm really interested to see how much of the influx or from from being in the NFL for you know like like uh, Kerry Combs was and the mixes and matches that they got going. How much you can really play that chess game yeah. this year? I don't think we saw it last year at all. But I think you know pressure's on him too. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to bore anybody with like scheme talk or anything, but like if you look at this defense and what it could be, yes, there's only going to be two true linebackers out there. Craig Young can play linebacker. Ronnie Hickman can play linebacker. Court Williams has a big enough body where he's kind of a linebacker in yeah. a way. So, like, you add those guys into the mix, and you're talking still about three different spots, but I think they're still all interchangeable. I don't think Taraja Mitchell's going to be playing the, the, the no. bullet no. or Tommy Eichenberg or uh, Kayvon Pope, but, like, 
there's a lot of different guys that can be mixed and matched into this defense, and I think that's one of the things you're going to see. And I think it all starts with the linebackers. If you have two linebackers you're very confident in as a starting lineup, that bullet position could feature a, a variety of different guys, whether it's a powerful guy who plays in the box, whether it's a guy who drops into coverage. It's all going to depend on matchups, but it starts with having confidence that two guys are going to be able to get the job done. I was going to say, they got to get guys out there to play just to see if they can play. I mean, uh, that wasn't that, boring, Spencer. No, that was great. <laughs> but they got to have, I mean, Minnesota is a huge game to start your season out with. I think you're going to find out in a hurry what yeah. you're working with. And, yep. and wow, you know, guys have got to step up in a hurry. That's what's. There are, there are still, like you said, I mean, I don't have any question about what's going to happen offensively with this team. Yeah. Uh, I think the quarterback is going to be named by Tuesday. I don't know if you agree or Monday. Yeah. Well, agreed? It will. I think, you know, the question is, like you said, those back seven guys, who are they? You know, how are they going to play them? I think the front four, and they're going to play eight or nine guys there, is pretty much set in stone. But who are those back seven? How is it going to be mixed and matched? And we're not, you may not know that till the Oregon game. Yeah, and I, I think if you look at it, and we'll get to that probably when Matt Barnes and the safeties talk, I, I don't – there's a lot of people that ask us if that's a question mark, and I don't feel that way about the Ohio State secondary. I, I think they have a ton of versatility oh, yeah. and a ton of talent, and they get to do whatever they want. I'm not sure that I'm 100% to that point with the linebackers, but that's the point that we've all made a bunch of times here on the practice well, let me ask report. Still Chambers, does he play a lot this year at I, linebacker? I think he, by his own admission, it's it's a difficult transition. Even though we see the athleticism, he's got a lot to learn in a short period of time. And that's why yeah. I thought they needed to maybe urge him to make that decision during the spring, because maybe if you got those reps that we'd be having a different conversation about getting him in the mix. The guy is incredibly athletic. Yeah, that's why I thought he was going to be a linebacker coming out of high school. I always yeah. thought that was his best position. He reminded me of Jerome Baker. And Jerome Baker was a really talented running back at Benedictine High School in Cleveland, but he knew his future was a linebacker, and it seemed like it was a very similar path for for us to change. Yeah, but you know, yeah, but you know, when you tote the rock, you want to keep toting the rock. <laughs> I mean, I brought that up to him. You know, it's yeah. just that that's hard to put down. Well, if he hadn't put it down, he might still be at running back. Well, um, there's the uh, that's segue. the practice report. It's brought to you by Byers Auto. I'm sorry, Steele, but that's that's reality, and I it think is what it is. you're a good fit there at linebacker. I know you didn't make it this far into the video anyway, but those of you who did, we certainly appreciate it. Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham, I'm Austin Ward. This has been the Practice Report brought to you by Byers Auto. A lot more coverage coming from Ohio State Training Camp all month long. Be back on Friday. Uh, stay tuned for that one on our YouTube channel and at LettermanRow.com.